0: Uh, August so. Yeah, August September we yeah. find works best. Uh, why is that? Uh, um, I understand it works best because uh, the, the trees learning which bud might be the 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 leader, and also you don't want to do it during dormant time. You want to do it um, in the warmer weather so the sap can heal that bud again. Like if you, uh, I believe if you break or cut like a Norway spruce off now um it might winter windburn back in so you'd lose uh some die back on it die, it would die back a little bit because it can't heal interesting huh okay. well, yeah it's it's all new to me
1: um so if you're let's talk about site preparation i guess planting maintenance and going a little bit of each of those sure because believe it or not the show is flying we got we're already halfway through <laughs>
0: um the, uh, one of the first fields we planted in was kind of rocky and um, had been uh, a field my grandfather had buckwheat in, which, whatever buckwheat is, um, uh, so we had to have that field bulldozed. That's the only one that we had cleared and bulldozed. Um, the other fields were abandoned when my uh, brother stopped farming the property for hay fields so they were in decent shape as far as being pretty smooth and uh, tree and brush free. Um, initially we put rows too close together because we didn't have a tractor at that point so we were hiring a guy with a small tractor um, but then over the years uh, increased our spacing so I can drive through uh, with a six foot bush hog which means rows of 10 to 12 feet apart because as the trees grow in you don't want to drive over those branches so six feet apart by ten feet rows apart six the trees are six six feet feet apart. six feet in the row and i'd say 10 to 12 feet apart in the rows because we have plenty of room um you can squeeze a lot more in per acre but then you're going to need something pretty small to get in and mow so we needed to mow other fields so we wanted a bigger bush hog um the site prep uh, laying out the uh, rows because you need them to be pretty straight because you don't want to mow over your new seedlings. So you want to uh, be, it needs to be predictable where the next tree is as you're driving down the row. So because any trees out of line, they're probably going to get mowed off. So we have to be carefully lay them out, leave enough room around the edge of the field to make the turns with the, the bush hog. Do you have to kill much of the grass before you put the seedlings in? Ideally, you want to kill the grass before you put the seedlings in because it's pretty tough to plant in live sod. So, yes, Roundup works pretty good. Uh, Roundup glyphosate, the fall before, so that when you're planting, it's uh, dead sod because otherwise it's very hard to uh, get a hole in the ground that's not full of roots um, and you won't have much soil left over.
2: Are you using like a planting spade or are you using your tractor to till under that? That soil. No,
0: we use, um, I call it a go-devil, something that you can swing, it has a heavy blade.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're hand labor planting each one, each, yes. each hole.
0: Yes. My parents had planted with a cauliflower planter or, or tried doing that. Um, I was very young doing that, but I think it didn't work so good because it might work good on a river flat where you're planting cauliflower with very good soil. But a lot of tree farms are in the hills where it's rockier, uh, where they're not weren't planting crops anymore. So we, we planted with uh, a a go devil, or a, a, a a maddox. I mean,
2: yeah. And when you're planting a turnover field, like you said, so the next crop, next generation of trees, how much uh, do previous root systems get into the way for you?
0: Um, quite a lot. Uh, so we How don't combat <laughs> that. <laughs> we don't um, clear a field. Um, uh, we don't remove everything before we start planting. So now we start planting between the bigger trees. Okay. So if the if there's two six foot trees, we'll plant a tree in between them just to be more economical with the space.
2: Mm. Gotcha.
1: What about irrigation? I know some of these Christmas tree farms that, or maybe
0: all of them. I don't know. They have some irrigation or. Yeah, water, water seems to be the culprit in the last ten years. Uh, so we have a pickup truck and a tank and um, uh, gas gas water pumps to for the times when we have to irrigate, which would only be in the spring. Uh, once the trees are established, then we don't have to right. irrigate. But it's the first year. Um, that's the biggest culprit for the survival of the young trees. I mean, two years ago, that summer, right? Not this
1: last summer, but the summer before is pretty darn dry. Dry, Right,
0: right. You can't wait too long, Uh, so we'll drive through each of the rows and and water the new seedlings. And it's too darn wet sometimes. That's the other problem. It's too (laughs) wet. We don't have so much trouble getting through the field because it's wet, but with fungus diseases that are, uh, that thrive on the the wet conditions in the air, or wet conditions in the soil? Yeah, spreading spores and stuff. Raindrops, or um, or just well, I think the airborne just there's it's everywhere. I think in the east, and it travels. Yeah. Uh, not just Christmas trees, but uh, all kinds of crops. Um, and uh, the other is especially with Fraser fur in the in the ground. Okay, and that's becoming more common. If you're just tuning in and listening to From
1: the Forest, tonight's topic is Robson's Christmas Trees. And uh, we'll take a break, but we'll be back. Ask Gary more about Christmas Trees. <laughs> All right, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to from the forest every Wednesday six to seven p m talk about a different forest related topic, and tonight's topic is Robson's Christmas trees with Gary Robson so Gary um before we get back into the you know how to do a Christmas tree kind of thing farm um what what are questions you always get from customers that you're like common commonly asked questions sure
0: um commonly it's um is this fence to keep people from stealing a tree? And I say <laughs> no, it's to try to keep the deer out. Um, how long does it take a tree to grow? And it's that's eight eight to twelve years. Um, what's the best kind of tree to plant? And that depends on whether you're looking for a windbreak or landscaping or Christmas trees. Uh, my answer, if it's Christmas trees, is any of the fir trees that are native to the east. Uh, we experimented with several that are native to the West, and that doesn't always work out so good. Um, do the deer eat the trees? Yes, the deer eat some of the furry trees. They don't eat all of them. Um, yeah, along those lines. Yeah. Um, one more, uh,
1: I guess, is, like, is there anything you wish people knew about
0: Christmas trees? Um how long it takes and how much work it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I'm always eager uh, to tell people how long it takes to grow. Sometimes they ask about the pruning. Um, so I'll, I'll walk to a tree and, and uh, explain you know, why it looks like it does and what we've done uh, uh, for the pruning. Um, I think we now have four different kinds of fir trees, so I'll go through and show them the different kinds of firs. So we have concolor, Korean, Balsam, and Fraser fir predominantly balsam and fraser what's, what's your favorite tree I guess aesthetically or um,
1: and what's your favorite tree as you know, just easy to plant and grow and or is it one and the same I don't know
0: um, well if uh, customers still like Norway spruce I'd be planting Norway spruce because not much bothers Norway spruce except maybe a white pine weevil and spruce aphid gulls but they're pretty hardy and you had you said you had seen uh, examples of where deer have eaten Norway spruce, but That's we haven't rare. seen that. Yeah, it's they got to be starving to eat that. Um, but uh, I like the the fir, we have four kinds of fir trees. Um, I think I like three of them better than the one. Uh, the uh, concolor fir, are <clears throat> a longer needle tree, and sometimes they're kind of uh, blue. Um, so... People generally either really like them or really don't like them. They can be kind of shaggy because of the, the long needle. The balsam and Frazier and uh, korean, the foliage is nice on all of those. I like all those. How do you tell the difference in a Fraser and a balsam fir? Um, it's easy it's hard to describe it It's easier to walk in the field and show someone, yeah because I sometimes have a little trouble telling um, balsam fur the needles might be a little longer and grow off the side um, Frasier fur the tips of the needles can be more rounded and a little thicker on the there there's more needles on the twig than on a balsam fur sometimes a balsam fur has a line down the twig that's uh bare huh. Yeah. Geez, I, I wouldn't know. Uh, if no. you saw them side by side, you you, you would see. Um the Korean fur has very nice foliage. It looks a little more like a um uh a Fraser fur. Maybe a little longer needles. Very pretty foliage. Is there a cross between a Fraser and a Balsam? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Didn't you have noble fur at one time? We had noble fur. Gorgeous foliage. Yeah, you remember but, you saying that. Yeah. Again, it's another example of our uh, our great old uh, nursery guy saying, "Try some of these," and we did. They they thrived. They did well. Um, very nice foliage, but the fungus diseases just uh, devastated them. Yeah, because that that was about eight years
1: ago. I remember you saying that's yeah, really nice looking tree. Very nice.
2: That's you seem very well versed in uh, your fungal and pest diseases was that learned just by trial by fire was there is uh, is there an association of christmas tree growers out there that yeah. helps you out with this yes is there resources uh, yeah. available
0: uh both there is um for anyone serious about uh planning or beginning planning they should join the christmas tree farmers association of new york and there's an annual winter meeting where there's experts from esf uh and Cornell um, ESF generally covers the uh, the soil problems, um, and Cornell. When we were going to the conventions, the experts from Cornell would go over fungus and bug problems. Um, so it was an association of growers who were quite eager to talk about how to do it, what's what, what what's what nicely for them, and what what didn't work. Um, so, there are uh sessions where speakers are talking about everything from what to try what not to try fungus diseases um, insects um, uh sharing oh,
1: very very helpful what what's the ideal site for a Christmas
0: tree farm um I think it depends on the tree Uh, sometimes um, there's a uh, I think you can read that some trees and some farmers prefer slopes facing east or north Um, I don't know why north Uh, and I actually I don't know why facing either direction Um, it might have to do with uh uh, some fields and some trees are susceptible to winter burn, and the snow reflecting off the sun um, might make a difference in whether it faces east or south or, or west. But yeah. we don't have a, we don't have all of ours faced east, so we don't have any choice, so we don't worry about that part. Right. Um, we have stopped planting in fields that were too wet because of the the top top through killing the Fraser fir. So, ideally, you would have uh, fertile soil that's well-drained and deep. And usually, if you have fertile soil that's well-drained and deep, you're planting corn or soybeans or something that's uh, uh, lucrative for farmers. I mean,
1: from my personal experience with bovina, there's some good sites there. I mean, for apple trees. Yes. Some of our biggest apple trees we've ever pruned are in bovina. Oh, really? Yeah,
2: huge. Huh? huge. Big by by winning by a long shot kind of big yeah. oh really uh, yeah. it's uh, yeah enough to catch our eye huh. absolutely
1: hey, well you know bovine is kind of the epicenter of the sugar maple range and sugar maple loves well-drained fertile mm-hmm. soil
0: <laughs> my grandfather uh made maple syrup on our hillside which was hard maple yeah yeah i mean if i feel like if you can grow sugar maple you can
1: grow just about any any, almost any tree. Mm-hmm. Almost. Oh, interesting.
2: Do you feel that there's uh, additional benefits that you see, maybe uh, wildlife or other um, for planting trees, other than just the you know the crop itself?
0: Um, well, the deer. Besides the deer. Oh <laughs> <Well>, yeah, <laughs> uh, the negative aspect. Yeah, we, we're trying not to feed the deer. Uh, we see lots of birds in the trees, birds' nests in them. Um, uh, we do mow up and down the fields uh up and down the rows uh so i'm presuming that hawks can get at the 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 mice or the rabbits or whatever would bother a tree um Some people have had trouble with uh, i guess mice or mice and animals girdling Bowls trees, stuff? but we've never had that never
2: probably because you never. maintain your grass so well
0: that's uh we've always tried to do that, but that's um I read that's why you want to do that, because if it's too thick, you get too much of an infestation of things that will be eating the trees. It's really bad on uh, fruit
1: trees, the voles, especially. Yeah, I mean, if you don't do weed control, it can be really terrible. But I've seen 80% mortality on newly planted apple trees. From, field, from? From bulls. Oh, wow. Bowls, yeah. oh, absolutely. Uh, I think we're just lucky then. Well, like I said, they don't, I mean, it's worse on fruit trees. They like the yeah. cambium for some reason more than, say, conifers, but, huh. yeah. Yeah, I've seen one guy, my friend planted uh, in Gramsville, and, you know, just as when they're starting to get, you know, four, three, three inches in diameter. It's pretty oh. big, you know. these voles are just insane they went to town on them but they were inside cages no weed control yep and then yeah they just they they had cover from all the bird prey they were
0: protected in there yeah Yep. Yep. crazy um well i forgot to mention we were talking about seedlings and planting we my parents and us in the beginning were buying basically the cheapest seedling that you could get which would be like a 2.0 seedling, maybe a 3.0 seedling. And that means they've been in a um, a bed for either two or three years from a seedling. And they tend to be quite skinny and not much of a, a root ball. Um, and their survival of those is pretty low. Um, you want a high survival rate because you're doing all the prep and all the work. And if that tree dies, I mean, that's that's a a pretty loss. If if you plant a, a thousand trees and you're losing three or four hundred of them, that's a lot of wasted time. So we uh, we and most others have switched to planting something called a transplant. So that's maybe two years in a seed bed and then it's transplanted to a transplant bed for another two years. So it's a, a bigger, hardier uh, plant with a, a root ball that might be the size of a A softball or bigger so the survival and uh, the speed at which it starts is much quicker so they're twice as expensive but it's more practical in the long run to get a bigger tree
1: is there anything else like you you would tell someone if they're gonna do a Christmas tree farm like
0: uh, you wish you knew when you started (laughs) besides what you just said I wish I knew the deer would eat them as much as they did you, know, you hear about other people having trouble with them, and you kind of think, well, we, maybe we won't, and we didn't at first. When we first had uh, Baltimore and Fraser Fern one field, it wasn't too, the, the damage wasn't that strong, but I don't know if there were more deer or they developed a taste. What was the years of that, you know, that were
2: better than now? When did that transition happen?
0: That was 85, 86. Yeah. A long time ago. There uh, might be more deer
2: now. No, I don't think there's more deer. I think the habitat changed. Yeah, I there's I uh, fewer
1: deer in most areas. I'm sorry?
2: The, the deer habitat changed. Our forests grew up. So in a mature forest, there's going to be less for deer to eat. So now that tree is more attractive to them. Yes. So whereas, you know, maybe some abandoning farms at that time in the 80s and 90s, all the way back to the 60s, really were abandoned and there were prime brush lots and, and and young growth young forest shrubland habitat that provides excellent browse mm-hmm. for deer in winter months so the uh, christmas trees weren't as attractive now those trees grew up they're in a canopy 60 feet above their head shaded underneath not much growing in the woods right now your trees are very attractive
0: we noticed um as you walk through the woods our woods uh you can see for a long way, which means the deer are eating quite a bit of the, yeah. quite a bit of, of the new growth. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that in previous radio
1: shows. Um, people are kind of shocked when they hear that most areas deer population was higher even 10, 15, 20 years ago or more. And like John just said, you know, it's just there's fewer deer, but where did deer live? Mm-hmm. You know, where the sunlight is. Whereas the sunlight pretty much warehouses or the roads yeah. or power lines and they really hammering those young plants now
0: we had planned some Fraser fir right around the house thinking well you know just for landscaping thinking well that we had a uh golden retriever in the house and you think well the deer won't come up 10 feet from my house and eat my Fraser fir, but they did yeah <laughs> yeah right especially so cover you- of darden this is good
2: I said you gave some tips for the the new planter out there what about the tips for the consumer straight from the farmer's mouth what what uh how do you select a nice tree as a sure as a consumer and what do you look for
0: um well i uh been gaining i guess a week before thanksgiving when i'm traveling around i go to lots that have christmas trees already uh like a, a lowe's or a home depot or Places in Oneonta, for instance. And while the trees might be nice, might appear good, um, part of the necessity of getting a tree to a box store that early is it has to be cut, you know, weeks, probably weeks ahead of time, because mm-hmm. no one's fault, but ev- everything takes time. It takes time to cut them and get ready to ship. They get shipped, they get processed, they end up in a store, maybe a few weeks old. So we hear from our customers that our um, th- the trees that they get from us when they come back the next year have lasted a long time. Well, yeah, because they're they're fresh. They got to pick out the size and the the density of tree that they wanted. But um, uh, it's it's a day old rather than a month old.
2: Great. Hmm.
1: Yeah. What about caring for it? You know, like do you water? or Do you put?
0: Uh, lots of questions uh, and a few I think before I came over uh, this week um, I saw an article that said five things you can put in your water for uh, uh, to preserve your Christmas tree and we tend to believe there's nothing you should put in your water uh, to preserve a Christmas tree um, a, a bit, the biggest problem is it running out of water so we tell people as they uh, put their tree on their in their truck or car and go away. It's going to suck a lot of water. Don't let it empty the basin. Maybe check that basin twice the first day and keep watering it a lot the first week because it'll keep sucking a lot of water. Um, keep it out of the sunlight. Keep it away from a heater. Like a wood stove? Like a wood stove, yeah, huh. definitely.
2: Yeah, I, I tend to wait as long as I can to get a tree because sure. it's, it's going in the living room where the wood stove is. Yeah. It's hard.
0: Yep. Um we do have some white spruce and I tell uh customers, um the white spruce are a little cheaper, uh, because they're easier and quicker to grow. Uh and they look fine but they don't last and they smell as good as the fir trees. Yeah. So right. um you know, I, I try to educate them and sometimes they'll wait and get them later in the season. Um hmm.
1: Anything about the needles or anything to look at
0: as far as dryness if you're out and about, though? Um, I don't know that this is the, the reality, but if I can walk up to a tree, and I did it at a place that we had sold a tree to today that's at a restaurant in Delhi, and I feel it, and if, if it feels cool and moist, I'm thinking that it's still okay. Um, if you grab a, a fir tree and the needles feel dry and stiff um tells me it's a little older yeah also if you're at a box store and you see a pile of needles under the tree that tree might be a little old yeah i tell you what they burn real fast so you have to be careful that's
1: that's right the wood stove right sure (laughs) my god yeah i when i burn mine
2: at the end of the year it's like oh jeez oh i know (laughs) yeah i know of someone around here that burns his in the wood stove and like oh my goodness Uh, one branch at a time, slowly, but still, that's a lot of BTU energy going up that pipe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's scary. scary.
0: uh, We don't recommend that. (laughs) No, no, we don't. (laughs) Because it could quickly lead to a a, a chimney fire. It's like I I don't know, that's a big volume of kindling to go up your chimney. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other products other than trees? We made quite a few reefs. They sell quickly. Um, uh, If we could make more we could sell more but we can't so uh we sell out of wreaths before we sell out of christmas trees we make just a few kissing balls because they're kind of long and laborious and tedious to make so we don't make too many of those well uh believe
1: it or not gary we're out of time tonight and uh, i just wanted to thank you for coming on the show that was quick
2: where, where can people find you though come get a tree in the future
0: sure uh we're in Bavina at 24 25 jim lane road um two of the things that have helped our business a lot were facebook because we can put updates on when we're open uh answer questions that people have for us and google we have uh the address and our hours and uh contact information so those things have helped a lot cool Um, All right. Well, thank you for taking the time, Gary. And uh, have a good night. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you.
3: From the forest, his tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street. A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. For his castle was a hallway and the bottle was his friend And the old man stumbled in from the forest Up a dark and dingy staircase the old man made his way His ragged coat around him as upon his cot he old fingers and she called him by his name and then he heard the joyful sound of children at their games in an old house on a hillside in some forgotten town
4: supported by you and the following underwriters sam's and Fleischmann's sam's country store deli and gas station open every day for groceries mexican herbs local craft beer and with food to go sandwiches tortas and tacos and tamales on friday saturday and sunday sam's on main street in Fleischmann's sam's country store com. what the soap WTS & Company in Wyndham for soaps and skincare products made on site, handcrafted candles, pottery, jewelry, art, and gifts with a wide selection of books on homesteading, fermentation, and local history. Upcoming events at the WTS Facebook page, WTS & Company in the Red Barn on Main Street in Wyndham and online at whatthesoap.com. Home Goods of Margaretville, corner of Main and Bridge Streets in Margaretville, New York. Now carrying spices, flour, jams, mustards, coffee and tea, organic vegetables and fruits, and local eggs, milk, cheese, and baked goods. And of course, cooking basics and tools of the trade for everyone at home. Home Goods of Margaretville. Open every day. 845-586-4177 or hgom.net. Hello, this is Irene Swiedel. You may not know me, but I barely know myself. But WIOX Roxbury asked me to ask you... To give money to station at end of year. It's very, very important for uh, your community radio station. It got electric bill. It got licensing costs. Um, it's all volunteer otherwise, but your donation helped keep it in really good shape for the next 20 hundred years or so. Easy to do. Just go org. Uh, press button that says donate. Thank you. Nostro